Welcome to episode four of what is still the Morpheus podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Harry. And uh, we're going to be talking week 14 NFL, NFL game of the year, and potentially why I haven't eaten since 8 o'clock last night. Harry, Monday night football, Ravens, uh, Browns. It was. What'd you think? It was a very, very crazy game. I think a lot crazier because Lamar Jackson mysteriously left the field for a few drives, and Tra- Trace McSorley didn't, you know, isn't Lamar Jackson, and I think that made it a lot closer than it would have been. But overall, I think it was a fantastic game. It was one of the most exciting ones of the year, like you said, game of the year potentially. It was it was a great one to watch. I think Baker played re- a lot better than. Then towards the beginning of the season, I think the Browns are coming into form, even if it was a tough loss, but it shows a lot of progress on their on their side. All right, two important questions. Lamar Jackson, hamstring or giant dump? And where does Trace fall on the list of coolest names in the world? Like, Trace McSorley was definitely like, nailing the prom queen when he was in eighth grade right like the seat like the high school prom queen was like over at chase mcsorley's house like rolling around in his spider-man sheets right well i first of all i think giant poop giant definitely giant poop i mean he wasn't moving the same way he was maybe a hamstring but i think i think poop um is it possible that he pulled his hamstring trying to hold in a giant duke? Or while pushing. Or while pushing. Guys, don't hold it in. Yeah. And, it- uh, and now, Trace McSorley. Like, would you rather be Trace McSorley or Colt McCoy? Knowing that Colt McCoy's name is actually David, but forget quarterbacking. Would you rather be like, hi, I'm Trace, or hi, I'm Colt? Like Trace. Which one works for you? Trace, Trace. right? Colts are too, a bit too Although, country for me. Right, but if you were in Texas, oh, which I'd is make where Colt McCoy grew up, you'd be like, hey, I'm Colt. And like she'd be like, hey, I'm already taking off my clothes. All right, excellent. Monday Night Football. Um, so, incredible game. I was most impressed with Baker Mayfield. What was the one thing that stood out the most to you? I'm, I think... Baker. I think Lamar did everything that's expected ah. of I'm I'm sorry, Lamar played a Lamar game. What can you say? Baker Fair played enough. a very very solid game. Like it's 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 hard to deny that. All right, why don't we get to what I thought was really interesting. Last play of the game, the old hooking ladder fire drill monkey fucking a football disaster that actually ended with a uh, safety of the Ravens, which doubtless changed some fantasy weeks for people who started the Browns. I don't know who that necessarily would have been. Actually, they let up 40-something points. It didn't make any difference at all. But for people who took the Ravens minus three... Like myself. It took you, it took you from a push to a win, and if you took the Ravens as part of a teaser, then it took you, depending on what you did... Also up to a win, except FanDuel. Let's talk about what FanDuel did. Well, FanDuel didn't take away anyone's wins right off the bat. They just refunded people whose bets lost because of that safety, which is... Right, no, they didn't do anything bad. Right, right. 
FanDuel did something good. Which is a great PR move. So just, just to be clear, if you had the Ravens minus three and it was going to be a push and then... I'm sorry, if you had the... What the Browns happened? plus three, I'm you lost. would have pushed. If you had the Browns plus three, you would have pushed. But after the safety, you would have lost. Yep. And FanDuel said, nope, this is a crazy play. Even though, by the way, this is not something that happens once in an eternity. This thing happens. Teams, teams, uh, you know, I'd say it happens every season at least once. That a team trying to run the hook and ladder from inside of their own red zone ends up getting safety. Yeah, it's not this unheard is not of. not like, right? But FanDuel said, nope, we... We either don't want or are not taking your your you know Scott Van Pelt bad beat of the night money. We're gonna be gracious. What do you think of the move by FanDuel? Was it you know? Do we look at this like ah oh, this is just a marketing ploy? Is this really customer service? Did someone get fired over this? What happened? No, it's I in my eyes it's definitely a marketing ploy. Like since when have sport books cared about bad beats? That was just a very bad beat that they were felt comfortable capitalizing on and i i say i say bravo fanduel oh, sports 100% i don't care if it's a marketing move it's a good guy marketing move and that's all right in my books because i know right, there's a lot of a lot of play on the browns right and this this doesn't have to have come down from the pope it doesn't have to have been done for the good of mankind it's a business decision but it was a damn good business decision Applause to FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's a zero-risk um, thing for FanDuel, basically. Like, Why do you say that? Because the law of big numbers, if you give those people their money back to bet, the majority of them are just going to lose it all over again. That's right. And that's why they do bad beat jackpots at poker rooms. And all. that's why they feed you drinks at the blackjack table. Because the longer you stay at the party, the more likely you are to give it back. Let's go, bravo, bravo, um, let's talk, FanDuel. Bravo, FanDuel, well done. Um, let's talk Justin Tucker. Let's talk Justin Tucker, all right? The most accurate place kicker in NFL history. It's not Janikowski, it's not Gostkowski, it's Nokowski. It's no Polish. It's not Adam, Venet it's not Adam Venetary, it is no one... No one like that, no one who was even remotely involved in the Axis powers in World War II, it was Justin Tucker at like 90.7%. Um, 55 yards to win the game? 55 or 57, I'm pretty sure. I want to know, straight up, is Justin Tucker, if he retires today, a Hall of Famer? Oh, 100% in my eyes. There's no... Are there kickers in the Hall of Fame? I feel like we should have looked into this. There's Well, there's got to be. That would just be a crime. When you have someone who's so fundamental to the Ravens, you know, how many games has he won for them and just not let him into right. the Hall of Fame? Was he, he was on, he was on their, their championship team against San Francisco. Uh, that was the one in New Orleans where the lights went out. That was the that was Colin Kaepernick. That was Joe Flacco with the greatest statistical postseason of any quarterback in history. Um, but okay, I'm gonna ask you. We're gonna do a little hypothetical. Uh, 
gun to your head, I say only one of these guys is getting into the Hall of Fame. Adam Venateri or Justin Tucker? Who are you putting in? That's such a, that's such a, you know that's a tough question, and that's why you're giving it to me. That, yeah, well, there's a gun to your head. Do something. Either move to England where they don't allow guns, or answer the freaking question. You know, I'm, I'm gonna say Valetary. What about Venetary? Sorry, Venetary. No, are you, are you, are you taking them both out and putting in Valetary? Um, no, not Valetary, sorry. That's that's all right. You know what? I'm actually taking it back because last time we did this, I said Ndamukong Sue instead of Namdi Asamwa, and you either didn't correct me or missed it, in which case you're either nice or negligent. So, uh, Adam Venateri, who has, uh, what, five rings with the Patriots and one with the Colts? Is that right? I thought it was more with the Colts. I thought Gauskowski had all the all the rings with the Pats. Maybe it was three rings with the Patriots. Either way, he's got some kind of Robert Ory thing where wherever he goes, they win football games. Um, I think that's fair. I agree with it. I think they're but both Justin they're Tucker, both so good that at the end of the day, you have to look at it's and it's unfair because it's a whole team. But you know how much silverware they have. Lots and lots of silverware. Um, let's talk Cleveland. Let's talk about Believe Land. Let's talk about their favorite son, LeBron uh, Lucius James. Uh, someone find out what LeBron's name is. Interns, LeBron's middle name. Um, this isn't like, pardon the interruption. No one's going to actually do it for me. We'll have it next week. Um, all right, LeBron James, Akron's favorite son, Cleveland's favorite son. I... I'm not going to say Ohio's favorite son because Cincinnati and pretty much everywhere else, but LeBron James is a, a well-known bandwagon fan. Let's just say it. This is a guy who comes from a state and, and a state with multiple baseball teams and a city very near to a baseball team, all right? This isn't like this isn't like being from, you know, Akron and not being a fan of the Columbus Blue Jackets. If you are from Akron, what what baseball team do you root for? The team formerly known as the Indians. That's right. The team formerly known as the Indians. They have a team. But LeBron James is not an Indians fan. Who does LeBron James root for? I have no idea. You seem to know the answer. LeBron James roots for the New York Yankees. I mean, can you blame him? He wears... He wears... Yes, I can freaking blame him. First of all, you're from a city with a team. Second of all, LeBron James is my age, which means he has seen some very, very good Cleveland Indian teams. All right? He has seen the Albert Bell, Charles Nagy, Kenny Lofton, Omar Vizquel, you know, championship contender Indians. So, my question is this. LeBron gets on... On Twitter last night, after the Browns, who are now 9-4 and four and still well on their way to the playoffs, and, you know, is all about the Browns, um, is LeBron James a bandwagon fan? And if so, should uh, should the Browns embrace him, or should they tell him to go back to, go back to rooting for the Cowboys and the Yankees? Well, is he a Cowboys fan? Is that documented? I, I believe so. So, LeBron, if you're listening, LeBron... Uh, Quintavious James, if you're listening and I'm out of line here, 
I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that I've seen you sporting Cowboys gear. So we're going to go. LeBron James is the ultimate 1990s bandwagon fan, which is the Yankees, the Cowboys, and Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell. Okay, well, first of all, wearing a Yankees cap does not mean you're a Yankees fan. It's a very famous hat. But if we are going to... I don't agree with that, but I'm going to let it go. Okay. But I don't think... I, 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 I find that argument to be similar to the Confederate flag argument. Don't wear stuff if you don't rep the team. That is a completely false comparison, but let's just move on. No, it's a ridiculous, terrible, stupid comparison. But still, my understanding is that LeBron James did actually grow up rooting for the Yankees and the Cowboys. Okay, well, I... And not not the Confederates. I'm going to say no as a bandwagon fan. If it was another team... It decides his hometown team, sure. But I don't think there's anything wrong with coming back and showing your support for the hometown boys, even if you do support someone else. I don't see a problem with it, but I think you think differently. I disagree. I am a New York Mets fan, and and nothing, not nothing has made me angrier because everything makes me angry. But... You know, I have, I'm have. i a New York Mets fan of a certain age, okay? I was born in the early 80s. I saw, I have seen the gambit, okay? I have seen some horrendous last place my nephew's t-ball team could beat the Mets teams, and I have seen the Mets go to three World Series in my lifetime, win one, and I have been adult enough to see the two that they lost, all right? I've seen all of it. And I'm telling you that going to Shea Stadium, that freaking toilet, when I was growing up and watching the Mets lose 100 games, and then seeing it, you know, seeing City Field packed with sushi-eating finance types when the Mets were playing the Royals for the World Series, I was like, get out of my stadium. Or stay here and I'll go back to Shea. Because that's where the real fans live. I just like, I feel like if you don't, go to a certain number of games or wear a certain number of stuff or if you rep the wrong team, you shouldn't be allowed to go to playoff games. Well, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Westchester, New York, surrounded by freaking Yankee fans. I'm I'm just saying you grew up in New York, it's a bit different, and you supported a New York team throughout all your life. I think you're allowed to have two teams. I think three is pushing it, I think two is okay. But, but he chose the bandwagon teams. He didn't choose, like, didn't you say that your, your second team after the, Bill, after the Bengals is the Bills? Yeah. The Bills have been horrible your entire life until, like, this year. And you chose them. I have no idea why, but good for you. Now that they're good, you get to root for them and bask in the glory that is the Buffalo Bills. But if you had chosen the Golden State Warriors, like, I'm sorry, if you grew up in the 90s and you rooted for the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Chicago Bulls, then you're a bandwagon fan unless you are from Chicago, Dallas, or or New York, or the surrounding, you know, New York area. And, and he is not from Nebraska. He's not from a place that, he's not from South Carolina, well, they you know, he's not from Arkansas where they don't have a team. 
He's from one of the most passionate sports cities. He's not from Cleveland proper, but areas in the country. When you talk about the great, the, the great fan bases, the fan bases who stick with their team, say what you want. You know, Browns fans come out to Browns games, right? I mean, this is, I just, I, I bad play, bad look. I, I guess I guess we're apart on this. I, if you really want to redeem yourself, come back and play tight end for the Browns. They could use you. That'd be amazing. LeBron back in Ohio, different sport. Show he is the best athlete of all time. I bet LeBron James could still. I bet LeBron James is good enough still to start in the NFL at tight end. I don't know if he's a Pro Bowler, but I bet I bet that he is still. At his age, and with the mileage on him, still good enough to play 16 NFL games as tight end and be a starter, and and I'd say probably a top half tight end in the league. Who's who's the better overall athlete, LeBron or Ronaldo? I mean, look, Ronaldo, Ronaldo runs a soccer pitch, right? I mean. Uh, I would say that endurance-wise, Ronaldo is probably going to, you know, run all over LeBron. But a triathlete is going to run all over Ronaldo. Um, As far as you're telling me that I get to pick one player and a blind sport, and they're either going to have to play it or, like, figure out how to play it on the spot or in a week, you know, hey, it could be billiards or bowling or you know but it's not going to be basketball or soccer i'm taking lebron i'd probably have to agree with you on that just also because if anything that you choose has to do with knocking anyone else down (laughs) yeah yeah lebron's got that so sewn up all right let's 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 not give all the love to the browns Let's talk about a few more Week 14 games. I know the big one we were excited about was Bill's Steelers. Did you get a chance to watch that one? I did. Your Buffalo Bills. What did you think of this game? It was a tale of two halves for the Bills. You know, three field goals in the first half is never what you want to see, seeing that they they were down there so many times. But, you know, come the second half, they looked unstoppable. That looked like a Super Bowl winning team for me. To put up that performance against not the best Steelers defense we've seen in the past decade, but still a solid defense. So after that game, because we did top five quarterbacks, um, you had Big Ben and Josh Allen both in your top five. Mm-hmm. I brought up that it's, it's suspect to have Josh Allen in your top five and not have Kyler Murray, who I see is very similar in a lot of ways. Um, Does your, and I don't think you had Aaron Rodgers in your top five, does Big Ben still sit in your top five? And if so, does he sit above or below Wyoming's favorite son, Josh Allen? I think he, I think, I think Big Ben drops out of the five. In top five, give a little love to Kyler Murray. He played a really good game. 
and I but I have Kyler Murray below Josh Allen. If if Big Ben stayed there, still below below Josh Allen in current form. I'm not talking about all time, but current form above Josh or Josh Allen's above Big Ben. No doubt all in right. my mind. So now going forward, uh, barring you know unforeseen circumstances, the Bills and the Steelers are both going to make the playoffs. The Bills are. I would say likely to win the AFC East. The Steelers, I think, are in a bit of a battle in the Central, right? They've got the Browns and the Ravens there. That one's not sewn up. Um, well, the Browns winning would have really put pressure on them. It, you know, the Steelers are eleven and two, and the Browns are nine and four. So it's going to take a big mess up by the Steelers, and a really good play from the Browns. I mean, the Steelers close out with the Bengals this week on a great Monday night football with a 13-point spread. Uh, then the Colts, which should be tough, and then close it out with the Browns. So, I mean, it could be a really exciting end to the season. So, just for comparison purposes, let's assume that the Chiefs snag the number one seed in the AFC, and this year that means the only bye. So, now... Buffalo and Pittsburgh will both host first-round games. Let's assume that Pittsburgh takes the Central, Buffalo takes the East. Uh, they're starting from the same place with the same number of games ahead of them, and both of them staring down Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Who do you like going further in the playoffs? The Buffalo Bills or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Buffalo Bills. 100, Why? 100%. Well, now how much has that changed since if I had asked you on Saturday? It would would the would the answer still have been the Bills or I think it would have been been a toss up. I don't think I could now, have given a solid answer, but the performance that the Bills put on especially in the second half was so well-rounded and like a well-oiled machine that I just see them going further. And the Chiefs aren't looking as dominant as they have been. I mean, they're winning well, yeah, games, that, but they that. let up 27 to the Dolphins. And so, and then they get a weakened Saints, but but that's going to be interesting to see. All right. I like it. The AFC is definitely, is definitely the powerhouse. The NFC has, and we've talked about this, the NFC has the Packers. The Saints are a whole different animal when Drew Brees is there. Um, I suppose that you could trade the NFC East for Ronaldo. Um, but the AFC is the powerhouse. That's going to be a fun playoffs to watch. Well, did you get a chance um, to watch Chiefs Chiefs Dolphins? I did not get... I mean, I got a chance to watch the highlights of Chiefs Dolphins. Mahomes, three interceptions. Yep. Still threw for 400 freaking yards. That's true, but, I mean, giving up 27 points to... A not super strong Dolphins team, stronger than they have been, but if they give up that, what are they going to give up when they face the Steelers or the Bills? Just these high-scoring yeah. teams. And you can make the argument again that, you know, Tua, look, Tua has nine passing touchdowns and one interception in his last six starts. That's four and two. These are the Miami Dolphins, okay? Other than Devontae Parker... I defy you to name a weapon on that team. Now, I know Mike Gesicki because I drafted him, and I'm probably going to lose in the second round of the fantasy playoffs because he's out, but Tua is not surrounded by talent, and this kid's putting up numbers. So, 
you know, when the Chiefs face what I see to be a similar quarterback in Josh Allen, mobile, has a cannon, accurate. Um, but has a lot you know, more the Chiefs weapons. A lot more weapons. Makes it very, very interesting. I think the AFC is going to be a great, great playoff, playoff watch this year. So much fun. Let's. Um, I, I want to talk, talk about. Go ahead. I want to talk about another, another uh, case of quarterbacks and the weapons they have. Andy Dalton playing his old team in the Cincinnati Bengals, and absolutely mopping them. Let's see. Was there anyone who was not anyone outside of the Dallas Metroplex who was not thrilled to see that? Oh, that was an amazing. As a Bengals fan, it it you could. I mean, Andy Dalton didn't have a standout game. He went 16 for 23, 185 yards. But two touchdowns, no interceptions. And no interceptions is the key, right? Yeah. Don't give the ball over. We kind of saw what Andy Dalton's capable of when he has weapons around him. Which a lot he didn't get much with the Bengals. I'm, right. I was backwards. I'm sorry. Was there anyone who didn't love seeing that who wasn't? In the Dallas, right? Andy Dalton starting for the Cowboys. Um, I mean, he's, but is he, look, again, the NFC East is a trash heap. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anyone thinks that, that Dallas is a legit threat. Um, but it's got to feel good for Andy Dalton to, to knock down the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a statement game. It wasn't he came out with a whole nother level of of quarterback ability, but he put together a solid game against his the team that dropped him or traded him. And I think that must feel so so good for him. Even if they're not playing their best right. to see what he can do with a, a few more offensive weapons was was fun to see. Yeah, and look, I you know, uh, this this segment is not brought to you by Skyline Chili. I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Your Cincinnati Bengals. Um, it is brought to you by Skyline Chili. Sorry, you miss really? you misread that. Wait, no, I said not because I don't know if they're going to want to hear this. Oh, uh, I just well maybe they will. Look, how sorry are the Bengals? How much do you need to worry going forward? They lost Joe Burrow. Um, you know, this is, this is the, the, the backfield situation here is a mess. Um, you know, what, what are you looking at if you're the Bengals? Are you, are you hopeful as a Bengals fan to rebuild around Joe Burrow? Are you worried about a, a, you know, David Carr situation where like having no protection and no weapons is just going to end with him getting housed and killed where where are you on the Bengals going forward well I think Joe Burrow has a fine number of of weapons you know you have Tyler Boyd AJ Green he's not short of that if they stay healthy of decent receivers to throw to a better receiving core than the Bengals have had in the past five years and that shows the Bengals have been picking that way drafting that way but have totally neglected the the offensive lineman situation just left Joe Burrow out to dry. 
Watching Bengals right. games as a Bengals fan is painful to see a talent like Joe Burrow, who's played well within the circumstances, constantly being sacked and flushed out of the pocket and rushed. I just want to see what he can do with more than two seconds of time after the snap. Right. And, and you know, look, this is a quarterback who gets rid of the ball quickly. All right? This is not a Tim Tebow-esque throwing motion. The ball comes out fast from his hands, but, you know, you got to give you got to give the guys time to get down the field. Um, so, again, I'm you know, I've been preaching it about about the Giants, but you're you're hopeful. I am. I'm hopeful that that okay. the ownership recognizes what we need and that we'll get it. Okay. And I wouldn't mind so sticking look, with the defense we have, a defense that can't stop runs for their life to you know help protect Joe. I would be fine getting into shootouts next year, but we can't give get Joe back right after knee surgery with the same O-line. It just can't happen. All right. Let's uh let's talk Seahawks for a minute. This is this is an interesting team. This is the other powerhouse in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They just took care of the Jets, but I mean, do they have a local Seattle kids playing that game? Uh, I think it was actually they flew in local kids from uh, remember when NFL Europe was in Germany? Oh yeah. They yeah, they brought in the uh, they brought in the 60 people, the 60 kids from Germany who were NFL Europe fans. Oh, okay. Put them in uh, yeah. That's a great was, opportunity. Was, and, and Russ yeah, and uh, and uh, and Sierra Russell Wilson's wife, I'm pretty sure, was uh, the long snapper. Oh, very cool. I've heard she's got yeah. she's got a good snap. They practice together. Multi multi. As a matter of fact, I would I would venture to say, oh snap, Sierra, well done. Yeah. Um. I'm not a dad, but that was that was an excellent NFL dad joke. Um. All right. So as we know, beating the New York Jets, no great thing. Um, and, and we could talk about the Jets too, but the Seahawks are a force. This is a team where it has gone completely backwards. They are a offensive juggernaut, suspect defense, although their defense has been pretty freaking good the last few weeks. Again, holding the Jets to three doesn't mean anything, but DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, um... How real are the Seahawks? Are they your favorite in the NFC? You know, the Seahawks are interesting because just because they have... Who are they basically up against? They're going to have Washington or the Giants. Then they're with the Rams right. in the is, West. Then the Packers This is the, the crazy part. They're, if they don't win the West, they're going to be a wild card team. They're going to go and whoop on the Giants or someone in the East. Right. I it might, it might be that. better to, to be the wild card slot. I don't know. I think the weapons that they have, the defense that they have, it's, it's, it's expected of them, I think, to make the, the conference championship. And you're thinking that's the Packers? The... I mean, I think it all depends on if, if Breeze is... On, on the on the, on the seating, right? Yeah. Also. The Saints, the Packers. Um, could the Vikings make a run at it? 
It's it's gonna be tough, I think. Okay. I mean, and the the pack the Vikings have a negative point differential against a really high flying like high flying offense in the in the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Saints. It's gonna be tough for All the right. Vikings. But you know what? Don't don't cut them out as a Cinderella story. I think that'd be really fun to see. But I don't see it happening. Very like very unlikely. Look, I I brought him up last time. What about the Golden Boy? Just took care of the Minnesota Vikings. What about Tom Brady and his offensive weapons and solid defense and Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer, down there in Tampa Bay? Well, it looks like they're going to they they get a wild card slot, right? You have the Rams or the Seahawks. Right. Yeah. Are the Bucks? It looks like they are, are the Bucks. Are the Bucks a contender contender with Tom Brady at the helm? I'm going I I did it in a, in another episode, but I I have to bet against Tom Brady here. I just don't see the team as as solid enough to to make a real run against the 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 Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Rams. I just don't see it. So I am looking up the Buccaneers Super Bowl odds, the latest odds, plus 1,400. They're 14, depending on where you go, 14 to 1 to 16 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They are behind the Los Angeles Rams, which I think is completely insane. Um, if you're giving me 15 to 1 for Tom Brady, I'm taking, especially in the NFC, which is by no means easy, but in the NFC, where you're talking about getting through the Packers and the Seahawks, really, versus the AFC, where you're talking about getting through the world, if you give me 15 to 1, I'll put down money on Tom Brady. I'll give you 20 to 1. I don't see it happening. Give me tw- I don't see it happening. You're going to give me 20 to 1. Yes. All right. That's, that's a C note down. On Tom Brady, the Golden Boy, at twenty to one to win the Super Bowl. I just don't see it. You already, you already owe me. What is it? A thousand bucks for Lando Norris smoking Charles Leclerc? I thought it was a hundred and then a hundred push-ups. Someone oh, will go right. back and let us know. Yeah. Anyway, I I think Tampa Bay man, do not sleep on Tom Brady, and a solid defense and. No running game, which is unfortunate because Peyton Barber is hurt. But Shady McCoy, man. Shady McCoy and Leonard Fournette, who are aggregate 793 years old. I, I, I'm I, not saying they're the most likely, but I'm saying you give me 15 to 1, you give me 20 to 1, I'm taking Tom Brady. Give me Devin Singletary on the Bills any day over Shady. Devin, well, he's... he's 36 years younger, of course, Devin Singletary. De- Devin Singletary is is the my favorite NFL football player. He's like 5'7 and 250 pounds. Which makes him like 3 inches and 60 pounds bigger than his teammate Cole Beasley. Cole... <laughs> How many times can, can Singletary bench Beasley is the question. I don't know. <laughs> He'd have to catch him first. Freaking Cole Beasley. All right. 
More weird NFC stuff. The Chicago Bears absolutely just beat the Houston Texans like they stole something. What the... What? The, the Bears were really good at the beginning of the season. Then they were the Bears again. Now they beat the Texans, who are have been a solid football team with Deshaun Watt. I mean, what's going on? Where did 36-7 to Chicago come from? That's just... It, it doesn't surprise me. I expect nothing in Chicago games. You don't know if it's going to be a 30-point game one way or the other, depending on... I don't know what they eat for breakfast. I just don't understand it. Do you have an explanation for me? Because I'm really, really looking for one. I have no explanation for you. The The ghost of Buddy Ryan, the future ghost of Mike Ditka. I have a, I I have a friend from Chicago, and I just see on their story, touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. I, I don't get it. It's one of the most baffling things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, let's talk about Week 15 and what I think is possibly the most interesting matchup. Tampa Bay traveling to Atlanta, always one of my favorite in-division rivalries. These guys don't like each other. Atlanta, who I think is underrated. Tampa Bay, who I also think is underrated. Um, But Tom Terrific is a six-point favorite against Matty Ice and the Falcons. At home, six-point dogs. Who are you taking there? I think that's just, this line It just comes from two teams that are struggling to put it all together. And it just basically comes down to the quarterbacks. I think any team, any team, if they're pretty, pretty similar with Tom on one and Matt on the other is going to be around a five or six point favorite for Tom. And I think that's where that comes from. And, you know, I'm not betting against Tom this week. I, I don't trust I don't trust Matt Ryan with the points. So you like you like the Bucks to march into the Mercedes whatever dome and uh and win by seven. I do. I think they can win by a touchdown easily. So I, who am going to wager money at twenty to one that Tom Brady will win the Super Bowl, I'm taking the Falcons and the points. At home, six points. Uh, these teams in this conference or in this division, they come out to play one another. It feels like these are always close games. I, I just, I, I think this is a, I think this is a field goal game, um, maybe less. Um, I'm taking the Falcons and the points. Sound reasoning, but I don't, I don't know. I think Tom Brady gets up for the end of the season. Pulls out what he needs to, and, and the game's not close. All right, let's stay in the NFC South for at least one of the teams. New Orleans, a home dog against the defending Super Bowl and AFC champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes and company getting giving three points coming to New Orleans. Um, as you mentioned, Chiefs not looking completely Chief-like in getting past Tua and the Dolphins. But they're getting three points against the Saints, and Drew Brees is questionable at best, or at least truly questionable. Not Bill Belichick questionable, where we always knew that Tom Brady was always going to play. Taysom Hill might be under center for the Saints. Um, So, knowing what we know, which is not knowing everything, right now, with Taysom Hill possible, 
and Drew Brees possible. Who do you like in that game, Kansas City minus three in New Orleans? I think you've got to take the Chiefs minus three here. Even with the big if of Drew Brees coming back, he's been out of the team for however many weeks. They've kind of adjusted to Taysom Hill. You know, they've been getting better and better week after week. And Mahomes is going to come out looking for blood after a, after a poor game against the Dolphins. I mean, a poor 400-yard game. But by his standards, three interceptions is unacceptable. I think Chiefs minus three is a lock here. I just don't see the Saints really being competitive. They've had some easy games since Breeze uh, has been out. Does their record really reflect how good they are? I'm not sure, but I think the Chiefs definitely definitely come in and, and run the show. What about you? What do you think? Something that this this looks like a trap game to me. Yeah. Because if I were gonna set this line, like it, it feels like the Chiefs should be favored by more with Breeze uncertain at this point. Mm-hmm. And that the fact that they're not, the fact that this seems off to me, is what worries me. It's I I honestly I'm taking the Saints and the points only because I don't understand this spread. And when I don't understand something and something seems off, then I I go sort of against the grain because I feel like there's something I'm missing and the Chiefs seem like the obvious choice here and any time that there seems like an obvious choice I question it now the Rams 17 point favorites against the Jets is an obvious choice and I'm taking the Rams all day long but something about this seems weird I I'm taking the Saints you're not just you're not just gonna stay away points I mean I'm gonna stay away right I'm gonna stay away from this one but if I have to choose, I'm taking the points. But yes, I would stay away. I would stay away from this game. One of the last games I oh. want to talk about is is a depressing one for me. Monday Night Football, the game of the week. Steelers 13 point favorites against Cincinnati. And where is that game being played? Cincinnati. Home 13 point underdogs. But look, they don't have anyone. They don't have anyone. Boomer Esiason is not walking through that door. They don't have anyone. They have Joe Burrow on the sideline. They have Giovanni Bernard and his band of merry tailbacks who like to run into nine-man fronts. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but like, I don't know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that's a. I'm but surprised like, it's not at 17 like the Jets. Yeah, it sucks. It's annoying that that's Monday Night Football. It should be a flex game. Um, I don't think you can fault the Bengals. Uh, you know, it's entirely possible that that after the Bills game, the Steelers just come and score 96 points and yep. completely ruin the Bengals and the NFL institutes some sort of English Premier League system where the Bengals get relegated to college football and Alabama, and Alabama comes, up. comes in plays. But, yeah, it's an unfortunate Monday night matchup. Uh, what do you think about Arizona-Philadelphia, the Battle of the Birds? Um, um, the Eagles 
who now have Jalen Hurts at the controls, are only six-point dogs against Kyler Murray, who I don't think is getting enough credit, and DeAndre Hopkins, who is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I don't know. For this one, I'm... I'm I would... I, I'd almost think of this like the Saints game. Like, I would take the Cardinals in a walk here with six points, but maybe that means that I don't know enough about this game. Is Does Jalen Hurts make that much of a difference for Philly? Is Philly... Could Philly win this game? Is this going to be a close game? I don't I don't think you can take Philly with six points. I just, maybe it's a trap, but I just don't see it. A four and eight team against a Cardinals team that's been looking pretty strong, you know, took the Bills to the last play and beat them. I just don't see it happening. And maybe that's the pessimist in me to not want to root for an underdog, but I don't think you can get away from it. The Eagles have a almost a, a minus fifty one point differential. Yeah, look, they're horrendously bad, and as a Giants fan, that makes me happy. It just—I don't know—it's weird. Weird lines all around. Uh, Coming to the end of the season, you never know lines. what to expect. Well, so and here's here's let's this will be the last one we talk about. Carolina is getting eight and a half at Green Bay. Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week. Nope, my fantasy team um, hates it. Mike Davis, fully capable backup. How, how is this? Th- this one I'm taking Green Bay in a walk. I think I think that this is double digits all day long. I'm taking Green Bay at thirteen. All for, the way up to one. thirteen. This is, huh? this is this is a lock for me. Green Bay at home on the frozen tundra spanking the Christian McCaffrey DJ Morless Carolina Panthers. I'm, am I I'm, am I no, out of line I'm here? right with you. I think Mike Davis is is a good back. He's been putting up I picked him up when McCaffrey went down in fantasy. He's been putting up points, but McCaffrey brings an X factor. The Panthers haven't looked like an all-around solid team all season going up against the Packers, you know, a, a very Packers-esque team. You know, where's the weakness on this Packers team that that the Panthers can exploit? I don't see one. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Don't get it. Don't understand. All right. All right, now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the week. Let's beg some rich people for money to sponsor our podcast. And, you know, Alex, I was looking through the analytics of our podcast, and we go against most big podcasts. Most of the listeners are on Apple Podcasts over Spotify. Have you seen that? I was not aware of that. And so, you know, Tim Cook, if you want to, you know, we're one of the few podcasts that is majority on Ooh. Apple Podcasts. You know, we'd like to do a brand deal. We're looking for, we're looking for a new logo. There could be an Apple in there. Yeah, I... we. Wow, I like this. Tim, Timmy, let's go. I could, I could, uh, I could visit, where are they? Not Carlsbad. Uh, Cupertino. Cupertino is where the Apple Headquarters donut is. is. Yep. I could, or is it I, the Google donut? No, it's the Apple donut. I could visit there. I'd like to see that. We could, Tim Cook, let's, let's do a deal. Everyone's all, content is king. 
Bill Gates said that. I'm pretty sure Shakespeare, that's Twelfth Night. Content is king. We are, we're an Apple podcast. We'll go out, we'll, we'll make an Apple, or a, an Apple TV show. I don't Ooh. know what it would be about, but I think we're pretty, we're pretty entertaining people. Yeah, no, look, I mean, Amazon is doing all this. The Queen's Gambit somehow was awesome about chess. I don't know where that came from, but yeah, I mean, Tim, sign us up before Netflix does because they'll sign anyone. I've and, got, I've and got they it. They won't sign us. We just need a million dollars and it's either two million or bust on some bets. See how much money we can make. We just, we just, we just go and make it, make a show out of it. And then if we get really down I, to the wire, we just take it to Vegas and put it on roulette. God damn it! I feel like we had Tim Cook, and then we just like he was there. Tim Cook was in the palm of our hands. He wasn't writing a check because I don't think that Tim Cook owns a pen anymore. Everything's just you know, ver- verbal and vocal, and he's just like checkbook, right? He was and gonna he was send gonna us a that. preloaded Apple card. Oh my god, we were about to get, uh, we were about to get a million dollar Apple gift card, which would have bought like nine of the new iPhones, and now you just, you You know what, you You know, that doesn't have to be our, our content. You give us the money, you tell us what, what you need from us. Okay, well now he doesn't respect us, because now you just were like, you, you gotta, there's gotta be a line. Tim, we'll take your money, but there are things we won't do. We will... We will not watch Cats the movie. We will not root for the Jets. We will not root for the Jets. I I will not let my mother set me up on dates anymore. These are the things we will not do, Tim Cook. But there are things we will do. And uh, I'll just say I, I have great legs. Like, there, I said it. I'll let you think about what exactly... Kalicha athlete, Alex. No, I was thinking more like like person who's been in quarantine and might secretly been shaving his legs, Alex. But still, come on, Tim. I think I think we Get got him where he mark. wants us. Or I think we, we, we have him where we, he wants us. We have him where, yes, where we want him. We definitely have him where he wants us. Each buying thousand miles away, <laughs> and each with where he five thousand dollars worth of Apple devices. Yes, planned obsolescence. We're gonna need to get new ones. All right. Excellent podcast. Trace McSorley, holler at your boy. We'll be back to uh, talk about week 15, other fun stuff. We're going to start having guests because apparently we're not enough for you people. Uh, Or we just don't know nearly enough. No, we definitely don't know nearly enough. All right. Till next time, I'm Alex. I'm Harry. That's a cut.